Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, a Saturday episode. Uh, you guys know how we do it on Saturdays. Uh, even though this Saturday, this episode may be a little shorter than others. Um, <laughs> it's that it's all it's that time of the year where you know sports topics get a bit scarce. <laughs> um, <laughs> not much to talk about. Uh, th- there were some contracts that were signed. Uh, you know, it, it, the tail in the NBA free agency and so forth. Um, you know. We still got some players out there that's still looking to, you know, find their deals and to see what time what team is going to take them on. And then obviously going into the NFL season, we have preseason football. That was a good note. That was a good sign. Um, Thursday night, the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game. So that was like, well, I should say last night. It was last night for me. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be Thursday. It, 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 you know, obviously it'll be Saturday. Um, that's when it drops, but you know, it was really, it was a, it was just a really good sight to see football. We got football back in action. I cannot wait. Uh, I, I want to see what some of these rookie quarterbacks look like. We got some rumblings in San Francisco, uh, you know, with Trey Lance and so forth. That should be a really interesting telltale sign and see how that storyline plays out. Um, but uh, let's start. And first of all, first and foremost, before I even get into the episode, uh, this welcome back. This is your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, <clears throat> greatly appreciate you guys to tuning in, listening in. <laughs> you guys could have been anywhere on this given Saturday or whatever day you might be listening to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so forth. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. To all the first time listeners, shouts out to you. To all the regular listeners, shouts out to you guys as well. To all the listeners that have been spreading and sharing this podcast with others, I greatly appreciate you as well. And before I even start, <laughs> uh, Kanye still haven't dropped his album, right? <laughs> but um, I know a lot of you guys are probably, you know, on edge about that and so forth. But Team USA, I forgot, I just remembered, uh, Team USA, they are playing France for uh, the gold medal game. So that should be in, that should be pretty interesting. By the time you guys hear this, you guys should know the result. If I'm not mistaken, I think they played to, like, the time frames <laughs> – you know, in the U.S. over there in Tokyo, totally different. So it, it, I think it come on late tonight, late Friday night, I think. Um, but let's get into it. So I was talking about, um, you know, the, the the topics. They're not, you know, not too many talking points um, in today, you know, in the sports world today. Uh, but thank God. Thank God for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen uh, because Josh Allen just got paid. He got paid. He got a massive deal from the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, after MVP caliber season led to led the led the Bills to a 13 win season and a AFC championship game appearance. Josh Allen got rewarded with a contract extension of. A six, he got a six-year extension of $258 million. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, average salary per year is about $43 million. Uh, he got $100 million of it guaranteed. 
$16.5 million signing bonus. So you guys get the gist. And the contract, the contract won't kick in um until two years later. After the after so after the 2022 season, that's when the contract will kick in. Um we're going into 21, we're going into 21 season this year and then 2022 seasons because you know he's still on his rookie deal he just got a six-year extension uh so he's gonna be in buffalo for the next eight years uh yep he's gonna be in buffalo for the next eight years <clears throat> and this is like and with this and with these type of contracts especially in the quarterbacks i think we're just i think since this whole thing of the salary cap and the salary cap you know, continues to, you know, increase on a year by year basis, most years, right? You know, that we, we see an increase, you know, it's always really interesting to see, you know, when, when it's, when it's time for a really, a really good young quarterback to get paid, it's, it's like, we're almost conditioned. Um, and we, we, we talk about it in advance, when you know it's when it's time for a young quarterback to get paid, that's and I, I find it so fascinating um, because you know you look obviously the Patrick Mahomes deal, you know forty he makes forty five million dollars per year, um, you know but it but for you know for this offseason purposes for you know this this particular quarterback with Josh Allen, uh, him and Lamar Jackson this offseason they have been kind of like it's almost been like a race like who was going to get paid first. Um, well, you know, what deal was going to get done first? Because now you're looking at Josh Allen, like I said, 42, that's his, his base salary for, per year is about $43 million. Lamar may look at that and you're like, you know, this may favor Lamar and his contract talks and what kind of deal he gets. So I think all of it is just really fascinating in the way how we, we gear ourselves, you know, before the deal actually happens, we're talking about it and now it happens. So first thing first. I think Josh Allen getting paid, um, MVP, like I said, MVP caliber season last year, Josh Allen was lights out. There was some time where you could have you could have made the argument that Josh Allen was the MVP of the – he was the MVP. Like there were times in the season you could have made that argument. Obviously, he didn't win MVP, but he had a stellar year. And I think the one number, you know, looking at his stats, uh, you know, throughout the course of his career and last year, right? The one number that pops up or that jumps out to you as far when we're talking about Josh Allen is his accuracy. His accuracy went up like it drastically increased. And I can remember this past season, I did an episode, I think it was like midway through the season or so forth. I forgot the exact date. Um but I did it midway through the season, and this is where like Josh Allen was lighting it up. He he lit it up. He lit he lit it up the whole season, but he was really lighting it up. And I talked about how Josh Allen has kind of done. He's kind of done the unthinkable as far as a quarterback and its improvement. And it, and and the unthinkable was his accuracy drastically in, in increasing, because usually when a quarterback is inaccurate, a quarterback is just inaccurate. Can 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 their numbers increase a little bit? Yeah, but Josh Allen took a massive jump. He took a massive jump. Rookie year, twenty eighteen, he threw fifty. He 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 had a fifty two point eight completion percentage. Uh, his second year in the league. He had a 58.8 .8 
completion percentage. And in this past year, he had a 69.2 completion percentage. So that's almost 70% that he was throwing the ball as far as they, you know his completion rate, almost 70%. And from, from his second year to this past year, he made he made almost any well he did he made an eleven point like a eleven he made he, his percentage went up eleven percent so that's that's a massive and it, it may not sound a lot but as far as accuracy that is a lot and I think with this particular number and stat as far as his accuracy and how that has improved this has kind of been throughout his short career yeah. It's only been three years, and the Dolphins, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, the Buffalo Bills, they're, on, they, you know, it, they're paying him because he had the MVP caliber year, but they're paying him, obviously, because they think he's going to obviously progress. And you look at it, that's been the microcosm of Josh Allen's career so far. At, 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 at a young age, young quarterback, three years in, Josh Allen has done nothing but improve from year to year to year. So that's why I'm not like some people may be some people may be scratching their head or some people may, you know, raise their eyebrow about this deal. But I'm not. When I see Josh Allen get paid, I'm looking at a I'm looking at a quarterback coming out of Wyoming who we like there was some untapped potential and just raw talent with his physical abilities. You know, not only what he can do with his legs, but his arm. Like, people fell in love with that. Scouts fell in love with that, you know, throughout the draft process. And there was – in Wyoming, obviously, you know, the the, the, competi the competition is obviously not that great. But the players that he's playing with is not – they weren't the greatest either. So it was kind of a it – was, it was a situation where there was some untapped potential – and we were trying to figure it out as far as, you know, the NFL world and so forth. They, we were trying to figure out how can this talent be used and how can we turn this guy into a star? And, and Brian Dayball, Sean McDermott, I, I tell you guys all the time, Sean McDermott, more of a he's a defensive-minded guy, but he's done a good job in Buffalo. Um, but Brian Dayball, great offensive play caller, uh, and, and just a steady improvement from Josh Allen. That's why I'm not mad at this deal, because I think the Bills have seen his improvement from day one um, and throughout the course of these three seasons. And he's done nothing but improve and add stuff to his game. And, and I tell you, I like his second year in the league, the Bills went 10 and six. You know, they had a really good year. But Josh Allen, they weren't winning games because of Josh Allen. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from him. But you look at the 2019 year, Buffalo had a really good defense, stellar defensively, right? And they won 10 games. And Josh Allen, he didn't have, he didn't have crazy numbers. He had 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions. And then, obviously, I pointed out the completion percentage numbers. So they weren't, in 2019, his second year, they weren't winning games because of him. But then he came back 20, 2020. It's important to add that the Bills did give him Stefan Diggs, a legitimate number one receiver. And with uh, along with that, Josh Allen improved his game, brought more back to the table the following year, and he has an MVP caliber season, and boom, he gets paid. So I'm not mad at this deal at all. I see nothing but improvement 
from Josh Allen. Um, the Bills, their favorites to win the AFC East. Josh Allen is a big reason why. Uh, a lot of people see, including myself, I see the Bills as one of those teams that could, like, would I be surprised if the Bills made it to the Super Bowl? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, I take them serious as a Super Bowl contender, and Josh Allen is the reason why I take them serious as a Super Bowl contender. I just do. So it's, it, it, it's you know, it's really interesting. Uh, but Allen, even though people may be skeptical because he's only had one, like, truly elite year, and people would just want to probably see more groundwork, I feel like this is the right call for Buffalo. This is the right move for Buffalo to pay him now um, because you risk, you know, anything can happen over the next couple of years or even this this next year. What if Josh Allen coming into this season, right, 2021, but who's to say Josh Allen won't have uh, a repeat of last year? What if he goes out, have puts up similar numbers, similar stats, uh, Buffalo, hell, but let's say Buffalo win the AFC, then what, you know, and they, you know, so I, I feel like it's, I feel like Buffalo wanted to get this deal done as well. Given the fact that they don't know how long Brian Dayball has with this, with the squad, because obviously Brian Dayball, like I said, one of the best play callers in football. Uh, we, you know, a lot of us thought Dayball would get a head coaching job somewhere elsewhere, you know, this 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 past offseason, but he didn't, so he came back. But you don't know how long Brian Dayball is going to be there. So it's when when you have a quarterback that you're confident about as a franchise, right? Obviously, there's guys, there's situations, and there's quarterbacks that still have to prove themselves in order to get that money. So you do have to wait. But in a situation like Buffalo, I feel like you gotta pay, you gotta pay the guy. You gotta pay him as soon as possible. Because, for instance, look at the Cowboys situation. And this whole Dak Prescott, you know, although I think Josh Allen is a little better than Dak Prescott, I still think Dak Prescott is a top-ten quarterback. And Dak, you know, unlike Josh Allen, Dak had – he had about three to four seasons where, a, a, like, a sample size, a larger sample size for the Cowboys to see whether or not he was their guy – and they waited. They were in "quote unquote" contract talks. They paid. They they paid multiple players ahead of Dak. Um, and and you guys know I have outlined the Dak Prescott contract situation. <laughs> I mean, I've outlined it, you know, throughout the course of this podcast. And Dak, he, you know, he finally got paid two years. What two 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 years? Two and a half years later. And it's going to end up costing the Cowboys a lot because they waited to pay him. So the, the you know, the market for the quarterback, especially then, you know, a couple years ago, they could have signed Dak to maybe a, a deal around 30 to 35 million. And right now it wouldn't hurt as much because the cap has gone up. And obviously we have quarterbacks now that's making 40, you know, you have Deshaun Watson making $39 million. You got, you got, you know, Mahomes making 45. You got Josh Allen. Now he's going to be, he's going to be set to make $43 million, um, you know, two years, you know, after his rookie year is over. So you're looking at the market, the market, usually increases and 
the Cowboys are now gonna they got to pay the, the heavy heavy price tag to pay Dak, and they did pay Dak, but they literally gave him everything in his contract as far as negotiation. He got everything to go his way. So the point of the Cowboys waiting two years just didn't make much sense. And with the Bills, you don't want to be in that same predicament, especially the Bills and the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they had their Super Bowl window open. Their Super Bowl window was open. But much like the Bills right now, the Bills have a roster that is ready to win. Like I said, I I don't think it's crazy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw the Bills representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now, I don't I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC, but they're 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 definitely a contender and their Super Bowl window was open. Um so good thing they got now. Good thing they got him still. They got 2 years left on his rookie deal. Obviously, he gets 100 million dollars guaranteed, so you know, Buffalo they have to pay they, you know, they have to pay that. They would have to pay that, but um you know, Buffalo they have a ready set roster. Why wait? Why why wait? It, you know, or you know, or, or it could go. You know, he Buffalo could have took that risk where Josh Allen regresses to the mean, and you know the the price tags a bit lower. But how likely is that? Looking at the year that Josh Allen had this past season, looking at the trajectory of his career. You know, like I said, as I as I pointed out, his first three years, year to year to year, year one, year two, year three, he improved. He improved his game, and he turned into an MVP caliber quarterback. So I think the Bills, you know, and like I said, I think the Bills themselves wanted to get this deal done. Like I said, for unforeseen reasons with Bill, you know, with Brian Dayball, how long is he going to be the OC? So you never, you never know. Um, but I, 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 I do, you know, with Lamar Jackson, I, I, it's really interesting for him because he has a chance to get, you know, he may, he, you know, Lamar may negotiate. Hey, I deserve forty-four million per year, right? Or I deserve forty-five million per year, and you know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this because this is this is a moment of celebration for Josh Allen to get <laughs> to get this type of money, but you know you 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 look at what Josh Allen has done and you look at what Lamar has done and one could argue that Lamar has done more. Uh, he led his team to number one seed. Um, he obviously he's won MVP. He was you know he won unanimous MVP and his rushing numbers just trump. You know the the yardage the rushing yardage trump. Uh, Josh Allen, but uh, Allen, you know, two and two in the playoffs. Lamar's one and three. Obviously, we, we you know, the the postseason, you know, struggles and weaknesses have been well documented. But one could argue that Lamar has done more um, since being a starter, since becoming a pro. He's done more. So uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see from a standpoint of how Lamar Jackson, uh, uh, you know, takes on this negotiation process with the Ravens. And it's my understanding he's negotiating this deal by himself. So, uh, or, uh, you know, or without like the, the regular representation that you would, you know, that you would have. 
Um, so, but that, I think that should be really interesting to see how this pans out. And with Baker, with Baker Mayfield, who was in the same draft class as these guys, Baker has, um, he's on the clock too, as far as, you know, what the Browns are going to do with him. In Baker Mayfield, his situation is a bit more peculiar because, you know, I talked about it um, last week. I broke down Mike Sando's quarterback tiers list. And like I said, I, I think it's pretty accurate. I agree with a lot of uh, of the placements of the, of the quarterbacks um, in certain tiers. And Baker, as we know, Baker, if, and if you guys, you know, if you guys want to check that out, uh, you can go, you know, listen to it. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I did that last week. So you guys, yeah, you guys can go check that out and listen to it. Great listen and a great breakdown of quarterback tiers. But Baker, you know, as we said, I, or, you know, as I agreed with Mike Sando and as I've been, you know, constantly telling you guys, basically, he's a tier three quarterback. Uh, now, there's nothing wrong with being a tier three quarterback. Could he potentially become a tier two quarterback? Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but usually a tier three quarterback they're a starter, but they need support and they want, they need support in a, you know, in some areas, some important areas. Um, and they need strong support, you know, a strong offensive line, a strong running game, a really good play caller, uh, you know, weapons on the outside and so forth in order, in order for them to have tip top success or to reach their ceiling, quote unquote. And I think Baker is a guy, you know, similar situation, <clears throat> You know, he, he he's going to make the money this year. He's still in his rookie deal. But, you know, the Browns going to have to pick up the fifth option or they're going to have to decide whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth fifth option. And I think, you know, depending on what, it, what he does this year, I think a lot of that is dependent on what he looks like this year, right? So, you know, Baker, I think the, the reason why, I, you know, and Brown fans may not like this, and I, I get a lot of pushback when I talk Baker, when I talk Baker, Mayfield, I just get a lot of pushback. But this is the thing. This is the situation. The Browns have a, a, a like, similar to the Bills, but Josh Allen's obviously a bit better. The Browns have a ready, set roster ready to win. Um, I'm not sure if they're, like, Super Bowl contenders. They're going to be a really good football team. They're going to definitely – I think they should make the playoffs, definitely. Um, I, I'm not sure, and you guys know how – I feel about calling teams Super Bowl contenders. I feel like there's usually three to four teams that are like legit Super Bowl teams. I do think the Browns, you look at, you know, up and down their roster, they do have a Super Bowl roster, you, you know, but I'm not sure if I can call them contenders quite yet. I got to, I, I want to see more groundwork laid, but they, their roster is phenomenal. So basically, what I'm, what I'm about to say with, with Baker, you have to figure out, okay, if we give Baker, and let's just say give or take, because Baker probably, the Browns probably won't play, they won't pay Baker 40 plus million dollars. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they will, but hopefully for their sake, they don't. Let's just say they sign him around 35 to about $38 million per year. 35 to about $38 million per year. That That's his salary, right? Um you know they front load they they loaded up up front so the back end you know they can have some breathing room in the back end. If the Browns were to do that, that means they will be you know that 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 takes up a lot of cap. It's a hard cap league. That would take away from the great offensive line. E either 
that would take that would take away from their great offensive line, or maybe they can't afford uh two backs. Maybe they can't afford a you know a tight end. Maybe they can't afford one of those DBs in the secondary or safety. You know, maybe they can't afford a certain spot on their roster that's a, that, that's a strong suit at that spot, but it could turn into a weakness. You gotta, The Browns got to ask themselves, is Baker good enough to where he can overcome weak points and weak spots on our team? And for me, you guys know, I think the answer that's to that question for now is no. I don't think he can. But that is the type of risk the Browns may take or be forced to have to take if he has another good year, um, a, a year that resembles last year. If Baker if Baker has another year that resembles last year where he was consistent, um, you know, the Browns obviously won a lot of ball games. They got to the playoffs. They even won a playoff game. If if. If Baker can repeat that and have a repeat performance of that, the Browns may have no choice but to sign him to a long-term deal. But with that, like I said, it comes with, you know, it's a balancing act. You They have to be able to figure out um, or, or, you know, ask themselves, is Baker the guy that can overcome not having the greatest offensive line? Because right now, Cleveland has... You know, according to PFF, they have the they, or last year they had the number one rated rush offensive line, rushing offensive line, and number one rating passing offensive line. So the offensive line is stellar. The offensive weaponry in general that Baker has is stellar. But when you pay him, you know you're not going to have all those pieces. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out with Baker. Um, in the Browns in this whole 2018 class, because the 2018 class, this this is like their year. Obviously, you got guys like Josh Allen, Sam Donald. With you know, Sam Donald's obviously in a new location in Carolina. Um, so you know he's trying to figure that out. And then Josh Josh Rosen, you know, just he just been bouncing you know around the league and league and so forth. Uh, he's probably he's probably gonna be like a career backup or somewhere. But so. You know, those but the three guys, you know, Josh Allen got paid. We we see his salary. Uh and Lamar, we we expect him to get paid very soon. And then Baker, you know, like I said, I, the Browns, they got they got a tough question to ask themselves. Is Baker their guy that they, you know, do do they think he's the guy that's gonna take them over the top or that can take them over the top or that can overcome, I should say, um, weak points or potential weak points that they may have on their roster. That's the question that, you know, Baker or that's the question that the Browns have to ask themselves concerning Baker and his contract. So it's, it, you know, breaking down these, and I, you know, some, you know, some people might find it nerdy, but breaking down these quarterback contracts and, you know, just looking at and seeing how much, how much these quarterbacks take up as far as like the salary cap is incredible. So, you know, when you're, when, when, when a team, when a GM is willing to owner, when they're willing to, uh, bring out the checkbook, check you know checkbooks, and 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 pay a quarterback you know top dollar. For instance, Buffalo, you know they they you know with the you know, after Josh Allen rookie year rookie deal expires, then this is this is when the money kicks in, the big time money kicks in, 
and that may that may enable Buffalo to you know fully do what they want to do. So it, I, I I always find it really interesting about these contracts and you know looking at um looking at how these contracts are working and how much the quarterback themselves take up so much cap space. And then it puts it, and it puts the franchise in a position where they gotta they gotta budget themselves accordingly, actually. But then they gotta draft well. This is where drafting comes into play. Uh, and you look at teams, and I always I always throw this example out here. You you look at teams like the L.A. Rams, the L.A. Rams. Couple years back, you guys can remember this. A few years back, the L.A. Rams went all in. They went all in on trying to um remember they was they was they were grabbing free agent after free agent. They went out to the, the, the Dominican Sioux. They traded for Marcus Peters. They signed a Akeem Talib. They were just making big time signings all over the place because they thought they were good enough. They had a coach that was good enough, an offense that was good enough, a defense that was good enough that could make a Super Bowl run. Granted. They did win the NFC Championship game, and they did went on to go into the Super Bowl. They did lose, but you're looking at so when they did that, they paid Todd Gurley early, they paid Jerry Goff early, and you know hindsight is 2020, but hindsight is 2020. You look at those deals; those were bad deals. Todd Gurley had arthritis in his knees, and you know once he got a bit gimpy. After that, basically after that Super Bowl run, Todd Gurley was never the same Todd Gurley that the Rams were paying for, right? And then Jared Goff. We know about the Jared Goff, the Jared Goff saga in L.A. and how it ended. But the Rams, despite having those, um, despite having those big time contracts on the books, they didn't have to pay for it as you know they didn't like they they didn't have to pay for it. The, the the punishment, the repercussions for having those bad contracts, it didn't hurt much for the Rams because they they were able to draft well. And mind you, they did all of this without a first round pick. The Rams, the Rams over the last couple of years, they haven't had a first. I, I don't I don't think the Rams have had a first round pick since Jared Goff. But over the last few years, they have cashed in after you know in these later rounds. And they have hit on some on, 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 on some diamonds in the rough. They've hit on gems in the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth round. And they have just completely filled their roster up and just hit on draft picks. And now you look at you look at their two top dot two top guys that they're paying. They're paying Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in football, arguably the best player in football, and then Jalen Ramsey. One of the best defensive players in football, in my opinion, I think I think we can all agree that he's probably the best DB in football. So that's all my that's that's always the point that I try to make when I you know when I'm talking about these contracts and you know different things with you know with different players, not just the quarterback position, but just in general with players in general. I always talk about how you can't play, you can't pay good players great money. You just can't. I always, I always, I always stress that and say that you can't pay good players great money in the NFL. In the NBA, you can get away with it. In the MLB, depending on who you are, you can get away with it. 
But in the NFL, when you pay good players or okay players who had really good years and you pay them great money, it usually doesn't work out. It usually does not work out. And when you look at a team, I hate to do it because I like this team. I'm a fan of this team. But when you look at teams like the Cowboys, you get in predicaments where the Cowboys look up, you look up and down their payroll, they're paying a lot of guys who are really good players. The Cowboys have really good players. I'm not doubting that. They always have had really good players. But you look at some of the guys that they're paying, and, <laughs> I mean, you know, I like Dak Prescott. I think Dak is good. And, and, and some of the Dak Prescott deal, like, a lot of that is Jerry Jones' fault and the way how he negotiated and how bad a negotiator he is. But regardless of that, or what I don't want to say regardless of that, but, you know, I'm looking at this Dak Prescott deal, uh, $40 million for Dak Prescott. I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a tier two quarterback. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's elite. That is elite money. That's great money. He's a good player. I'm looking at Demarcus Lawrence. You know, he's getting paid great money. He's getting paid $21 million. That's his average salary. That's good money. That's I mean, that's great money. But Demarcus Lawrence is a great player. He's a, he's a good player. Amari Cooper, he's getting paid $20 million. Amari Cooper's a good receiver. He's not elite. He's not Devontae Adams. He's not Stephon Diggs. But he's getting paid $20 million. He's getting paid like he's great. So, I, and, and this is no shot to those guys because I like, you guys know, I like the Cowboys. I like them. But I'm just telling the truth about my team. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. And, and, and like I said, some of this, some of this is, it, 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 some of this is just Jerry, Jerry Jones and him being a bad negotiator. Him being a bad negotiator. Because the Dak Prescott deal literally could have got done. The Dak Prescott deal could have gotten done two years ago and you would have came out cheaper. But instead, you know, it, it, it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out that way. But, I, you know, I always that's why I always try to stress this when I'm talking about these contracts. Uh, you know, I think it's just really important to have the conversation I think it's really interesting, but I'm going to talk about the NBA and, uh, you know, the rest of the free agency period so far. So, so, um, as I mentioned, the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they played in the hall of fame game. Like I said, it's always, it was just a good sign to see some football back, um, back in action preseason football. I know some people are not the biggest preseason fans. Um, but we're about, we're a little past about you know 30 minutes into the Isaiah Kid podcast. Uh hope you guys are enjoying so far. But yeah, and, and think about this. I'm gonna give you guys this. I'm, I know some people are done of the are t- a little bit tired of the contract talk, but look at this though. Uh and and we we're we're assuming that these players will still be on the Cowboys. But look at this. 20 at 2023, right? In the year of 2023. Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, and Zach Martin. Those four players alone are going to take up 
51% of the Cowboys' salary cap. Those four players alone. Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Zach, Zach Martin. Those four players alone. And I think, and, 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 I, and I hope nobody didn't misconstrue my words, but Zach Martin, he's probably the best play, one of, if not the best player at his position. Quentin Nelson is younger. Um, I know he just suffered an injury, but Quentin Nelson is a bit younger, so people may go or lean with Quentin Nelson at this point. But Zach Martin, for a while now, has been an elite you know, right guard. He's been an elite right guard in this league. So I, that contract, you can't get too mad at. But these some of these other contracts, and I, and I tell you guys, I like that. I love that Prescott. That's just going to be a tough pill for the Cowboys to swallow and myself. Um, like, I like Amari Cooper, but $20 million, it's a lot. Uh, but like I said, uh, it was good to see the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers play. Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons, they both played well from the, you know, I, wa- I watched the first half, a little bit of the third quarter, kind of went in, you know, I, you know, I turned it off at the third quarter, you know. So, you know, that, that was really good to see. But um, NBA free agency, capping it off, just finishing, you know, the big dogs, some of the big dogs signed, um, some of the big fish, I should say. Some of the big fish out there in the small pound in the small pond, they um they signed the Clippers. Well, I should say Kawhi Leonard re-signs with the Clippers. He got a four-year extension, if I, I believe. Yeah, he got a he got a multi-year extension. Uh, even with him coming off of the that that is really interesting because one could make the argument with Kawhi Leonard, and this is the argument. I'm not making this argument, but one one could very well make this argument about Kawhi Leonard. Why would you give Kawhi Leonard a long-term deal? One could make that argument. It, it, it could it could they can start with load management. Over the last couple over the last several seasons, Kawhi Leonard hasn't played no more than 65 games. The best ability is availability. And Kawhi Leonard, at times, he's not available. He's not available. He's not reliable. Um, so one could make that argument. He over the last couple seasons, over the last several seasons, he's had he he hasn't played no more than sixty five games. He's the he's the poster child. He's the poster baby of of uh, of load management, right? Um, and now he's going into his eleventh season at the age of thirty, and he he's coming off an of ACL tear. Now, granted, you know, with the advancement of medicine and, you know, and technology, these ACL tears, you see players nowadays, these ACL tears, they come back and they fi- they're fine. So Kawhi Luda could very well come back and be fine. But think about the extra precautionary measures that the Clippers and Kawhi's team may take an account coming off of this t- torn ACL surgery. Think about that. So. You know, one could, like I said, I'm not going to necessarily argue it. I'm just laying, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. uh, And I'm just laying out the foundation because, you know, you're looking at, if if you're looking at the facts, Kawhi Leonard is, over the last several years, he has not been reliable. 
He hasn't. He hasn't been reliable. And he, he he's into this low management thing. Um, and the Clippers, I know for the Clippers, it worked for the Raptors. The Raptors, they, you know, they let him do the old management. They won a championship. He was good. They were good. The Clippers, on the other hand, you know, and they, you know, obviously they they you know they broke they made history this year by getting to the Western Conference Finals. Um, but one could make that argument about Kawhi Leonard or that or or question why would you give him a long-term deal? Because over the last several years, he's not reliable. He's into the low management thing. And Kawhi Leonard, and, and, and like I said, don't take this out of context. Kawhi Leonard is a great player. When healthy, when available to play, there are not too many players that are as good as Kawhi Leonard. Let's get that straight. So I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying as far as, uh, you know, his availability, it ain't there. And it hasn't been there for years. And coming off a niece, coming off knee surgery, I don't expect it. I don't expect his availability to all of a sudden just go up. Like, no, I think he's going to take even more precaution. And it's going to load manage. So, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, this is not me saying, oh, Kawhi Leonard isn't good or, or he's washed up. No, I would just. I'm just throwing the argument out there. And with Kawhi, I, like I said, when healthy, when available, when on the floor, it's not a lot of guys that can do what Kawhi Leonard does. There's not a lot of guys that that can top Kawhi Leonard at his best. There's not a lot of guys. I can literally count them on my hands, and that's about it. Maybe one hand. <laughs> when, 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 he, when he's playing, when he's playing, he's arguably – a top five player, you know, people could have him in their top five. So I think it's really interesting that, uh, that they, um, that the Clippers decided to go that route, but not, I'm not surprised. They're trying to keep them. But like I said, the Clippers, <laughs> you know, they're, they're probably thinking like, damn, okay. Year one, there was the bubble collapse, right? Year two, you, you got hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> year three, you're going to miss half of the season because you're coming off of the knee injury, the knee surgery. So we, you know, we don't know how many games you're going to play in year three. So <laughs> the Kawhi Leonard experiment for the Clippers may not go as planned. So that that's going to be really interesting to see, to see how that plays out. But uh, Kevin Durant, he also, um, he plans to sign an extension with the Brooklyn Nets, a four-year extension with the Brooklyn Nets. So that should be exciting news for uh, Nets fans. Um, also, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks went out. They signed. So they, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they brought out Kimball Walker. The Knicks went on ahead and signed him. Um, and then they also signed Evan Fournier to a pretty large deal. I'm not sure if I would have done that, but that's what the Knicks have done. Uh, I don't, and, and they resigned. They were well, they they gave uh, they gave a contract extension to Julius Randle as well. So the Knicks, you know, they opened up the Brinks truck a little bit. Uh, but the Knicks, man, uh, not sure if I really particularly. I don't not sure if I like these moves, um, or the price tags that come with these moves. Like the Evan Fournier move, it's not a bad move. He's a really good offensive player. 
<laughs> and then I would have to ask myself, what Evan Fournier are you getting? Are you getting uh, international play, Olympic play Evan Fournier, or just the regular Evan Fournier that we are accustomed to? Because the regular or Evan Fournier, really good player. He he can do a lot offensively. You know, he can he, he scores up the you know he can give you. He's gonna average his fifteen to seventeen points per points per night, which is fine. But the amount of money that they're paying Evan Fournier, um, I don't know. I, I I'm just not sure if it's worth it. And like I said, I I don't think I, I'm not sure how much. That pushes the needle for the Knicks. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know how much that pushes the needle for the Knicks. So we'll see how that works out for the Knicks. But they signed him to a four-year deal that is worth seventy-eight million dollars, and he's going to be making about nineteen and a half million dollars. I mean, hey, okay. We'll see how it works for the Knicks. Um, but those were like the notable free agent signings that occurred um, within the NBA over the last day or since the last time I talked to you guys, right? So I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up. Like I said, I, I didn't want it to be too long. Um, I think I'm a I think I'm a, a if I'm not mistaken, I think we're like 45 minutes, so that's not too long. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Next week, I will be back, obviously. Uh, I, I, I may have a guest for you guys. I may have a very, very, I repeat, a very important per, uh, important guest coming on. Uh, so you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, obviously, NFL preseason, around the corner, or it's, it's here, I should say. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Greatly appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I greatly appreciate... Uh, the growth of this podcast, obviously, continue to download and stream this podcast whatever, on whatever, uh, you know, podcasting app or DSP app that you use to listen to this podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Always remember, two choices, one decision. Catch you guys next week. I'm out. Peace. Deuces.